The following audio is from White River Christian Church. More information about White River is available on the WRCC mobile app or at wrcc.org. So we all have our favorite songs, we all have our favorite movies, and we all have our favorite traditions maybe around the holidays. And who doesn't love to repeat those things over and over and over again? I know my family, we've had the same 4th of July plans for the last few years. We go to the same place at the parade. We have the same place to watch fireworks. That plan is on repeat. We're doing it again tomorrow. Now at my house, I am a man who loves repetition. I like to repeat things. I have my clothes laid out every evening in the same place. I put my keys and my phone in the same place every day. I could eat an egg with cheese on it every single morning if I had to. You just put that on repeat, I am happy. And I know that's not everyone's cup of tea. Some of you love repetition and others of you maybe not so much. Well, I hate to drop the mic on this argument if there is one in your home. But we have a God who loves repetition. He repeats things over and over and over again. From the very beginning of his word to the end, we see a consistent message. One that separates Christianity from every single worldview, religion, faith that there is. It is the same message from cover to cover. And that's what we're talking about this summer, because there's not any other concept, not anything else that we could talk about that would be more in line with the heart of God than what we are going to investigate this summer. So we're searching the scriptures to find that one thing. What is that thing that God repeats? And so that's our question. What does God repeat over and over again. Because if it's repeated, we should be able to find it no matter where we open the Bible. It should be jumping off the page if God really repeats something that often. And so we're going to be exploring some stories, maybe some famous ones that you've heard of, maybe some that are about Peter or Paul or or a son or a widow, people that don't have names, people that do, to explore and see where we find this message. So if you have a Bible or a device, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Jonah. It's really small. You might miss it. If you kind of go halfway and it's a little bit to the right, it's in the Old Testament. And we're going to look at the first few verses of the book of Jonah because surely we can find God's repetitive message there. And this is what Jonah, the first few verses says to us. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. You see, the Lord gave Jonah a message. That's what makes him a prophet. Some of you may be familiar with the scriptures, how there are dozens and dozens of prophets found in this book. 
And what separates Jonah from all the others is that the others are noted for what they say. They've been given a message from the Lord, but the book of Jonah is very different than all the others because it's really a story about Jonah, not about the things that Jonah said. It's unique. It's unique. So what is this message that God says, I need you to say? Well, verse 2, he told us, get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment. We heard it explained from my friend Amber so well about this story that we find in the Old Testament, that there was a people in a country really far away. They were pretty evil people. They did despicable things. They not only were the enemies of the people of Israel, but they were enemies of people all over the world. And they were wicked by any person's measure. And for so many people, when we come to God or when we think about who God is, this verse might be what we think God repeats over and over and over again. That's maybe what people think God wants to be known as. Is God the God of judgment? Is God the angry God in heaven who is just waiting and waiting to throw fire on people who disobey his rules. That's how some of us think God is. And that's what we see. And I understand why some people might see that. After all, it's the first verse in this book. Is that who God is? Is that what he repeats? Well, I think it would be fair to read the whole book of Jonah, to give God a chance to see what is this really all about because we might be surprised what we find. And I know since you all listened so attentively to our kids' message, you know what Jonah is about. You know that Jonah wanted no part of Nineveh in the country of Assyria, so he ran. He ran away. He ran away from what God asked him to do as far as he could. And you have to read to the end of the story to hear why Jonah did that. In Jonah 4, he says this. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. You see, Jonah knew God's character. He knew what God was all about. He knew that he was full of mercy. He knew that he was full of grace. He knew that if he went to talk about God's incoming judgment on these people of Assyria, that if all they did was say, I am sorry, God would show them grace. And that made Jonah so mad because he hated them. Because he knew that that is who God is, that he would extend grace, even if they didn't deserve it at all because that's who he is but we learn in the book of Jonah not only does God extend grace to a whole group of people who say we are sorry we need to change how we live to honor you he not only did that but he extended grace to the man Jonah who was supposed to be a man of God he was supposed to be a prophet and he ran the opposite direction he disobeyed at every turn and so Jonah's story is not one that highlights how uptight 
how judgmental, how angry God is. It's a story of God's character, how full of grace our great God is. And we see that God gives grace on repeat. He gives grace on repeat. He gives grace to Jonah. He gives grace to the Assyrians. And that's just in this one story. But we see that this is the story of Scripture, that he gives more grace and more grace and more grace. And that's just one. Perhaps it's a familiar one. But that story is not about a fish. It's not about a prophet. It's not about an evil nation. It's all about God's grace. And some of you may be wondering, that's, that's great. That's a great story. We should learn these things. We should teach them to our kids. We should hear these stories. But in all honesty, isn't that just a story from like 3,000 years ago, so far away? How does that really matter to you and I sitting out here on this beautiful day? Does it really matter that much? Why? Why does this matter? Why does God repeat this message over and over and over? Now, I don't want to just state the obvious, but it's obvious to me that Jonah needed grace. The Assyrians needed grace. Jonah, his prophet, couldn't even understand what grace was or why God would be gracious. His own prophet didn't even understand what grace was all about. That might be a little motivation for the Lord, knowing that he needs to repeat this message over and over and over again because his own prophet doesn't even understand that God gives grace on repeat. Now, I would argue, not only do the people in this story who are real people not understand grace, that we can't understand grace. How could we really understand it? Really? I mean, we can understand parts of it, but do we really get it? This isn't just for Jonah or Israel. This isn't just for your neighbor this isn't just about the Christian online that posts judgmental things all day long and you're like, don't you understand? We have a message about grace. Why are you doing that? Yes, it's for all those people, but it's also for you and for me. How could we fully understand grace? Because this is something that we all want when we need it. We want forgiveness. We want grace when we mess up and we understand it in that moment. But we can't hear this enough. We can't experience it enough. Because it's not in our nature to extend grace. It's foreign to who we are. It's not in our nature to pay for the mistakes or the misfortune of other people. Now, I don't know about you, but I um, have never seen people lining up at the courthouse to pay other people's parking tickets or speeding tickets. Have you? I've never seen that. I've never heard of people that have saved all year to go on a summer vacation only to say, you know what? I think there's some people over here at the hospital. I know we've saved a long time. We should pay off their hospital debt instead of going on our summer vacation. I've never heard that story. I've never heard a story of someone who saved for years to put a down payment on their first house only to say, you know what? 
there are some people that have greater needs than we do. Let's give it away. Let's pay off someone else's debt. I've never heard that story. I mean, we are not wired that way. Have you seen any real estate negotiations lately? We are pretty much savages out there, okay? That's who we are. Now, I know there's some person out there that's going to Google and find some person that uh, paid off a Good Samaritan's uh, parking ticket. I'm sure that's happened once or twice. But the point is that even those examples pale in comparison to what God has done for you and I. That he has given us grace on repeat over and over and over again. He gives it to Jonah, Assyria, to you, to the person on the other side of the globe, to the person on the other side of the political aisle, to your neighbor, to your coworker, to your family, and to me. That's who God is. That's what he wants us to know. That God expects nothing from you. Nothing. He doesn't need anything from you, yet he offers you everything for free. That is what grace is. Because you can only get grace if you don't deserve it. If you deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. You see, that's what God is all about. He's giving you something you do not deserve. And this is something so important that we have to understand what this means, what grace means. So what does it mean? Well, we know that grace has been given when we don't deserve it, when nothing is asked of us in return, but yet something is paid for on our behalf. Grace is just one of those things that's hard to define until you've experienced it yourself. I can remember when I was 16 years old, I drove, um, it was a great first car, a 1993 teal Chevy Cheyenne pickup truck. It was awesome. And I had just saved up some money because it was an old, you know, nothing electronic and it had crank windows, all the deal. And I saved money to put in a CD player in my car. You know, CD players, they were really cool back in the day. And I needed a CD player, a stereo. I saved up money. I put it in the car and I brought it home. I hadn't even left the driveway. And I started that truck. I turned up the music as loud as I could. I was in the garage at the time. And I turned it up so loud, I don't know what happened, but for some reason, the garage door started closing behind me, and I didn't realize it, because I was cranking that stereo, and I backed right up into the garage door, of course, completely obliterating the door. Thankfully, no damage to the truck. But I remember I walked inside with my tail between my legs, thinking, what did I do? What's my dad going to say? How is this going to go? I can't pay for this. Worried about his reaction. I knew what I deserved. But instead of getting what I deserved, I got grace. My dad paid for that. He fixed the door. And I remember feeling and experiencing grace on a new level. Because I needed it. I needed it. And that is what God does. He tells us over and over and over and over again that he loves you 
and he's here to extend grace to you. And I didn't just receive grace from my earthly father. I've received grace upon grace from my heavenly father. I grew up in the church. I heard stories about God's grace. I heard stories like this one about Jonah since I was this big. I've heard the stories week in and week out. I was baptized when I was nine years old when I knew what I could about what God's grace meant and I fully believed in it in that moment. But there was a moment, it was later on that year after I destroyed the garage door that I went to a conference, a Christ in Use conference. Some of our high schoolers were just at a CIY conference this past week. And I vividly remember one evening that summer, there was a person preaching up front He was preaching a message that I had heard on repeat my entire life, something that I even believed. But he was explaining it in such a way that he talked about my sin, that I had this debt, and I had heard this message over and over and over again. But he talked about what we deserved, what I deserved. And there was something that happened that night that I just understood in a new way what I really deserved. And I remember just bawling, just crying, that God, I don't deserve any of your love. I don't deserve any bit of it. But then he continued to talk about how Jesus came, that Jesus died for me. He rose from the dead for me. He defeated death. He ascended to heaven. And this is a message that I had heard on repeat my entire life. And I don't know what it was about that evening, but the Holy Spirit worked in my heart and changed me ever since. Because that's a message that I'm going to talk about for the rest of my life. I can't stop talking about Jesus. I will never forget or ever what he has done for me. Because Jesus changed my life. He has given me grace that I do not deserve. Because I needed it. And Jesus changed me because that was something that I could never earn on my own. God didn't ask anything from me, but he said, here, salvation is free. I died for you. He paid for my sins. And that is something that we see from cover to cover. That is who God is. That is his message. It's in all the stories. It's in all the doctrine. And just to make it crystal clear, in the book of Romans, Paul says this about grace. This isn't just something for people from many times long ago. This is for you and I. Romans 11.5 says this. It is the same today. For a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace. His undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it is, free and undeserved. Throughout every page of this book, that is the message. God loves you. You don't have to earn it. It doesn't matter if this is the first time you've ever heard that message. It doesn't matter if it's the thousandth time and you still need it. It doesn't matter if you've received it once and turned away, and you find yourself knowing, I need to turn back to that message, even though it's on repeat. That is the story. 
that God gives grace over and over and over again. And the cool thing about the story of Jonah is that Jonah gives more than um, just shades of what grace is. When Jonah was in the belly of the fish, he essentially explains what it takes to turn to God. In Jonah 2.8, he says, those who worship false gods turn their backs on all of God's mercies. He understood that yes, God is offering this grace, but all it takes is to turn to him. Turn to the God who is extending you grace and mercy. It is free. All it takes is not chasing after other gods, other things in your life. Turn our life and follow Jesus, our Lord. That is the radical message. That is what separates the Christian faith from every other worldview there has ever been that God would give us something for free to all of you. So if you needed to hear this message today, turn to God, turn to him. That is what this is all about. We're here to proclaim the good news of Jesus, to worship him and thank him for what he has done for us. And we would love to talk through that with you. But you could do that on your own. You can pray and say, God, I am turning to you in this moment. And we encourage you to do that. But if you need some help, we will be up front after service and would love to talk you through what that might mean for you. So please come up and find us afterwards because grace is a message that is more beautiful than your favorite song. It's more memorable than your favorite line from your favorite movie. It's more exciting than any holiday tradition you could ever want. Because his masterpiece, grace, is worth repeating over and over and over. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that you've made it so clear what that means for us. That we can be saved because of Jesus Christ. That we are loved no matter how we have obeyed you disobeyed you, behaved. It's not about rules. It's not about anger or judgment. It's about your love for each one of us. That you have grace for us when we don't deserve it. Thank you for repeating that in my life so that I would understand it. God, and I don't know who needed to hear that today, but I think we all need to hear this message. We trust you, Jesus, and thank you for what you're doing in this moment and in this place and the freedom to talk about it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.